Welcome to Flower Hour. A podcast completely dedicated to baking. I'm Amanda in Los Angeles. And I'm Jeremiah in Sacramento. Let's continue with the second part of our buttercream episode with Tessa Huff. Um, texture. So we're going to talk about texture first. Southern Fatty wants to know, did you ever, sorry, do you ever give up on a slightly broken or chunked buttercream? Um, and, or have you sieved it, sieved it? Um, if you are new to making buttercream, at least give it a try. You don't want to, like Amanda said, her first few she threw out because she thought that they were, um, you know, broken and unsalvageable, but, um, at least give it a try. Like when I have people ask me, you know, how do I fix this? What, what, what did I do? Is, is it, can I save it? You want to whip it for like a meringue based buttercream, give it at least five minutes because at the end, you know, if it's still not coming together, you can toss it then, but don't give up yet. Um, sometimes you, you can, you can ruin it, but (laughs) that's usually if something happens like in your meringue. Um, but if it's, if you have a good meringue and it's just not coming together, once you're adding the butter, it is probably a temperature problem. So if it starts to curdle, that means your butter was too cold. And so it's not emulsifying into that meringue. Um, and all you really need then is time. And so if you just keep whipping it, I would say, like I said, at least five minutes and you can watch it and you can see it start to come together. Um, you know, and then once it starts to smooth out, you can tell, you know, was it a problem with temperature or was it something else? So yeah, just keep trying. Um, and then if it turns the other way, if it starts to appear soupy, that means that your butter was probably too warm or too soft. And so in that case, you can put the whole bowl in the refrigerator for about 10 to 15 minutes, try that, and then take it out and then try whipping from there. And if it's still too soupy, you can try chilling it a little bit longer. But yeah, you're just working with um, a temperature problem there. Well said. Hopefully, hopefully that's all. <laughs> that, that's all that happened, and um, you can try to bring it back. And then again, like I know, I keep sending people to your website, but it's just because I've used it as a resource in the past. <laughs> he has all of this typed out, so if you're in the heat of the moment, by all means, come back and listen on Flower Hour. But if you're if you're wanting to read it in print, all of this is on Tessa's website, and it's really like tons of troubleshooting tips and good pictures and information to do that. His question about sieving it. Um, I've never done that with like a finished buttercream, but I have, we did talk about ermine frosting when Southern fatty was on. And one thing I have had a couple of times is if my, um, flour mixture, the gravy of the buttercream is not fully smooth. Maybe there's some flour bits. I've thought, Oh, maybe once I put it into my mixer, it'll mix out and smooth out. And it hasn't. So then I've scraped the whole bit into a food processor and whirled it around in there. And that kind of pureed up any chunks. And then I put it back in my mixer and just knocked out the air bubbles a little bit with a paddle. And that works for ermine. It's probably not a question about ermine, but just in case somebody (laughs) has that thought. (laughs) Should we talk about ermine frosting at all here we haven't really talked about what that is besides you saying it's almost like a gravy version of buttercream which is kind of it is true it's like cooked flour 
Um, but yeah, I think that's another one that's kind of underrated as opposed to types of buttercream. Um, I've never made it. Do you guys it. have a present? I mean, I, think I, it's I don't really do it good. often, but it's really good. Yeah. Yeah, I need to I try it. I think it's a great option for people who don't like American buttercream because of the graininess or because of how sweet it is. Cause I also don't think it's as sweet, but if for some reason you don't want to go the meringue route, what do you think Tessa? Yeah. And that's a good place to start. Um, like you said, it's, it's, it's also known as cooked flour buttercream because that's basically what you're doing. You're cooking um, flour and milk and sugar to make like a, really pasty roux situation that you will cool and then add with your butter later. And it sounds kind of weird, but it actually is really yummy. So yeah, definitely give it a try. If you're like, Oh, American buttercream is too sweet and Swiss buttercream is too buttery. Try this one. I think that you might like it. You're right. It does sound weird. And I, I don't know how you feel, but even in the process of making it, when I cool the, the cooked portion, I'm looking at it going, even after making it several times, I still, I look at it. I'm like, there's, there's no way this is going to turn into delicious, fluffy frosting. And then the magic happens in the bowl and it becomes this really fluffy, delicious frosting. <laughs> yeah. It's definitely a little, um, un- underrated. I think, um, it's, it's a very old recipe too, I think. So give it a try. It's really good. All right. Euphoric Cakes wants to know, how can you stop air bubbles in a piping bag when it's full of buttercream? It makes it so hard to pipe. Oh, um, <laughs> I think, yeah, that is kind of tricky. And especially how to verbalize how to do that. Um, it's, it might happen to the best of us, even if we try, but, um, I've always heard this expression. I don't know who came up with it. It wasn't me. I don't know someone that trained me, but you want to try to burp your piping bag before you start. So it sounds really weird. And I don't know if I can quite explain how to do that, but try, you know, of course, try not to get air bubbles in when you're adding the buttercream to the piping bag. Um, but you, once you fill the piping bag, you'll want to like just burp, the bag a little bit by just applying a little bit of pressure to it and trying to get those air bubbles work through it before you get started. I'm all about that. Yeah. I did a little segment one time, like a video thing and where I was doing that and I felt so ridiculous. Like it, I hear you like laughing as you say, I was like burp the bag, but it's the best, you know, once you have some bubbles in there, I really don't know another way to really get them out. I, like the piping tip presumably is in there. Hopefully it's not a super loose buttercream and the, the tip is, you know, it's not all the way down there, but I kind of like hold at the top of the bag and shake it almost the same motion you do. If you're trying to open up a trash bag, I shake it. And if it is all the way in the tip of the bag already, like down where the piping tip is, I just do it over my sink so that, you know, if buttercream kind of shoots out, it goes into the sink instead of the floor. Um, but yeah, that, that's exactly what I do too. And then when I'm loading the piping bag, I try to scrape it into the side. It like my first instinct was always to put it right in the middle. Cause it feels like there'll be less bubbles if you dump it into the middle. But instead, if you kind of scrape it down one side and let it slowly kind of slide into the bag that way, then I feel like the burp is more efficient. And also there's less bubbles to begin with. 
What do you think, Jeremiah? Do you burp the bag? No, you guys are teaching me something. <laughs> I usually load sideways, like you're saying, and that's been my way to go for it, but I'm so going to burp next time. <laughs> this is yeah, because you don't uh, want to be in the middle of piping and then have that air bubble pop out. And I, and I understand this, uh, the, um, the problem that the person, whoever was asking what they're talking about, because that's like you're piping all along and then all of a sudden it kind of just plops and explodes on you. So you just want to get that pop of air bubble out before you get started. And even if you, like when I'm about to pipe something, like I will squeeze some of the the buttercream out before I get started. And then hopefully that first initial air bubble will come out in that, in your, your mixing bowl as opposed to your cake. So just try to squeeze out a little, you can, you can feel it when you're you're applying pressure to the piping bag and you can kind of feel the frosting moving around and the air bubbles. And if you can feel that pressure build, you can kind of tell that the air might pop out. So just, um, and there's usually like a big burst of air, like right in the beginning. So just, do that in the bowl instead of your cake when you go to start. I just had this thought. I'm like, it's going to burp either way. Either you burp it before or it's going to burp <laughs> on your cake. And it's much better to burp it before because that moment of when it kind of gets gassy on your cake is not cool. It's just oh, so frustrating. Um, okay. More texture questions. So Anna Maxwell arts says, what's the key to fluffy buttercream? Occasionally I love buttercream, but more often than not, I feel like it's too heavy, gritty, overbearing. I tend to be all for whipped cream, like a black forest cake, but those don't seem to hold up as well. If, I would say if you're, let's go back to American buttercream for this one. Cause that might even be what she's referring to. Um, mix it longer than you think that you have to, because the ingredients will come together pretty quickly when you're doing the butter and the powdered sugar. Um, and I like to do, if you can do whipping cream, add that as you, your liquid. If you don't have it on hand, cause you're only going to add a couple tablespoons, you can just use milk. Um, but it'll start to come together in your mixer within a couple minutes. Um, so I think some people might stop there just because it looks like it's ready to go definitely let it go whip longer and you're going to be adding more air into it and it's going to be lightening the buttercream up. So I usually try to whip my American buttercream at least three to five minutes as well, even longer. And then it'll start and it'll lighten up in volume and in color as well. 100% you are preaching the good word right now. (laughs) That is exactly the best advice, like that long mixing time, it feels strange because you're right. It, the ingredients come together, but that makes all the difference. Um, just a, like a side note on the overbearing part. I hear that a lot about American buttercream too, just the heavy, heavy sweetness. If you can balance it with some acid, I always add a little bit of white vinegar. Um, you can add lemon juice if you don't mind the flavor coming in, but the white vinegar doesn't really add any flavor. And that I feel also adds a little bit of extra liquid, which will soften up that powdered sugar and help dissolve it. And then also balances the sweetness and kind of heavy, 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 like overbearing tooth aching sweetness of American buttercream. And I think this answers one of our other questions of, um, how do you get rid of the graininess in American buttercream? So there you go. Mix people, mix, mix, mix. And then Danielle. Yeah, then the, the sugar will start to dissolve even more into the mixture itself. Exactly. 
Um, Danielle Goldenberg wants to know how long do you mix? Um, I'm thinking she's probably referring more to the meringue buttercreams. Um, how long do you mix to get rid of bubble air bubbles in the buttercream? I think this comes down to and when you're making an a meringue, ba- a meringue based buttercream, you start, you're going to start off with your whisk to, to whip up those egg whites. And I think it's depending on who you ask, um, when you switch from that whisk to your paddle, uh, I usually throw the butter in with while the whisk is still attached. And then once the butter is all added, I, that's when I do the switch to the paddle. And you're going to want to whip it on high first. But if you really want that silky smoothness, then I once everything's already incorporated and it almost looks ready to go, I let it run on low speed with the paddle for, paddle for just a little bit because then it, it'll knock out some of those air bubbles that we had incorporated using the whisk in the beginning of the process. So at the end, just mix on low with the paddle and that'll kick out some of those bubbles. I got to remember that. That's good. That's really good. Yeah. I think that paddle makes a big difference. Um, when I first started baking, I only had a hand mixer. So there's not really, at least with the one I had, I didn't really have a good paddle type uh, substitute using a hand mixer. And I noticed such a big difference when I switched to a KitchenAid mixer, like the, the stand mixer, um, with American buttercream as well, instead of using those little small whisks of the hand mixer, when I started making it with a paddle attachment, that made a big, big difference. And then with American buttercream, if it's too tight, like if it's too firm and you haven't added enough liquid yet, it kind of tears itself as it's mixing, I feel like. And if you can add a little bit more liquid to loosen it up, not so much that it's you know, not going to be great to work with still, but get it a little bit looser, still completely pipeable and easy to spread, not soupy at all. Um, if you can kind of push that line where you get a little bit on the looser side, the bubbles come out more. I mean, it just makes sense a little bit. If you think about like an air bubble trying to escape something really thick or something, you know, like water, it would come out really fast. Um, The next question from EVH93 says my ABC, which that brings up an interesting thought too. When I was a new baker, I would go online, I'd see SMBC, ABC, and I'm going... (laughs) what is this code? I don't need code. Like just help me out and speak plainly. ABC is often said for American buttercream. And I see SMBC for Swiss Marine buttercream so often just because it gets really wordy in a recipe, but that's a side note. So this person, uh, my ABC separates when I try to get it creamy and fluffy makes me want to pull my hair out. Uh, and have you guys had an American buttercream separate? Not, no, not really. Unless she's adding in something else. I'm wondering if the rest, she needs, needs to try a different recipe. Maybe the proportions are just not really great in this recipe. Yeah. I was trying to figure out if possibly, all I could think is if the butter was too warm, it became oily, something like that. And maybe too much liquid. Yeah. Maybe too much liquid or I have pushed it because I do love heavy whipping cream so much. And I also mix a very long time and you know, the heavy whipping cream will go from being cream to making liquid in its own butter. If you mix it for too long. So possibly that, I don't know. Yeah, There's a couple of brainstorming sure thoughts. 
Yeah. yeah. Or maybe just try to incorporate, like adding your ingredients in a little bit slower. Like I, for an American buttercream, I always start with just butter by whipping that to make sure it's nice and soft and then adding, slowly adding in the powdered sugar. Oh, I think that's a great tip. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe try that. Also, you don't want to throw it in too quickly, girls. Powdered sugar is going to go like all over your kitchen. So you definitely want to add a little bit at a time at a low speed and then you can crank it up later. Um, the speed up later once it's incorporated. So you're not having this butter or powdered sugar explosion happening, but as far as curdling or separating, I'm not quite sure, but you could just try a couple of those things and see where it goes from there. A logistical error that we've all experienced that powdered sugar explosion. (laughs) So fun. S real sews wants to know how do you make it fluffy without adding a ton of sugar? Mine always fails. I'm, I'm thinking they're referring again to American buttercream as well. Um, we've kind of touched on texture and fluffiness here too, of just whipping it a little bit longer. Cause you know, the longer you're whipping, essentially you're just adding air into the mixture, which is going to make it nice and light and fluffy. At a high so speed try. for that part. I feel like if yeah. you fluff it up, turn up the speed as well. Like the low speed will maybe make it a little more dense. And then if you want to kick up the speed for that. And like I, in the recipes that I write for American buttercream and some others that I've seen, it even has like a range of, um, sugar. And I like to, you know, only add in as much as I need because I don't want it to be too sweet. So it kind of depends on the temperature of the butter that you're starting with, how much liquid you add, how much of the, you know, the sugar is being absorbed into the mixture. So start with the lower amount in the range. So, you know, if it says like three to four cups of sugar, start with three, see if it, how it goes. If it's too runny, then you might need to add in that extra cup, but um, you could try starting at that lower range and see if that helps. And then adding in more air by whipping it at a higher speed and see where it goes from there. I think we've, we've cracked that one. Good, uh, good answer. (laughs) Hopefully, uh, Mr. or Mrs. S. Real Sews is very happy <laughs> on their way to fluffy buttercream. Uh, let's see. So shifting to troubleshooting for hot weather, which we've talked about some, but I feel like could be endlessly explored. Sweet Songbird Bakery would like to know, do you have any tips for working with buttercream when battling the summer heat? So talked about like the go-to of Italian meringue, but maybe some tips about in your kitchen when it's hot or... Um, traveling with, or what's your rhythm when decorating something that has a lot of different steps? I'm trying to think. I haven't had too many problems with heat in general. So I don't know if if I have a lot of tips for it. Like I said, making wedding cakes in California did have its own problems. And that was once the cake was already made, but I've always kept my kitchen, like the kitchen that I had um, in California, I kept very, very cold. So while I was putting the cakes together, I didn't have some of these problems. If you're at home, you might not be able to regulate your temperature as much. And now that I'm living in Canada, I don't really have that problem either because it doesn't get super, super hot here. Um, But I could see that being a problem if you're trying to ice a cake and the buttercream is just melting off of your cake, um, why that would be a concern. You can always just try putting it back in the refrigerator for a little while. And if it's starting to get too soft, chill it back up and then just mix it again. Um, do you guys have any other tips for that? You guys have really hot kitchens where you have issues like this? Nope. Air conditioning and fridge. That's it. 
I'm sitting here reminiscing about uh, when you and I first met Jeremiah. It was cake week and we were making cakes in a super, super hot tent and it was horrible. (laughs) And and they gave us refrigerators and freezers and there was nothing else in those refrigerators or freezers. And so we would be like, great, we're going to cool our cakes. And I remember putting in, you know, hot cakes into a freezer and going back two hours later and they were still hot because there was nothing else in the fridge to keep the temperature down. So yeah, that was a hard, hard day. Yeah. I would say in general, like in and out of the fridge as much as you need to just stop. You can chill your frosting. You could chill your cake. You could chill both. If you have a nice, you know, fridge that's, that's staying cool that particular day, we did not. Um, (laughs) and so I just, I can't think about hot cake and decorating and hot weather without thinking of, uh, trying to pipe ruffles in a 100 degree tent. (laughs) What about humidity? Was it very humid there or or do you think that was a factor? And do you have any tips for battling humidity? It was, it was hot and humid. And Jeremiah, you were working with meringue, which, no, ganache, uh, which was and, yeah. white chocolate ganache, stupid. <laughs> <laughs> stupid. <laughs> what was I thinking? <laughs> oh, but it was a good, we all had a good laugh at my cake. <laughs> it was beautiful. Even <laughs> if it's you squinted. Um, yeah, humidity coming recently from Atlanta, I would just say like, it doesn't seem to bother the frosting that much. I really didn't have a lot of trouble. I think even candy making a lot of people get a lot of anxiety about doing those things on humid days, cool your kitchen as much as you can and, and, uh, just get on with it. I think for the most part, it's the humidity is not as hazardous as the heat in, in my experience. So, yeah. yeah. Well, I always hear like, don't make meringue or macarons or whatever when it's raining. And I live in Vancouver and it rains all the time. And so if I had to wait till it wasn't raining, I would never get anything done. So just, uh, just try your best. And they're fine. Right. As long as you dry them in the oven or, you know, right. Yeah. I'd say most of the time it's still fine. We make it work. Um, but one other thing I was thinking about with temperature, I've had this battle of temperature with buttercream before where I put a crumb coated cake in the refrigerator for too long. And if the, so I've had this problem, if the cake, like the core of the cake gets too cold and then you take it out and then you try to frost it with your buttercream and it doesn't, I find that it creates this problem and it like smears around the cold cake. I don't know if anyone's ever had that experience. And that was kind of a lesson I had to figure out the hard way. And I was like over chilling my cakes and they were too cold. And then I was trying to add room temperature frosting to the outside and it wouldn't quite stick. So whenever I write a recipe now where I'm saying, you know, fill and frost your cake and you add that crumb coat, only chill it for like 15 to 20 minutes. Because if it gets too cold and you try to add room temperature buttercream to the outside, sometimes it might give you trouble. I've had that. It's given me trouble before. So, yeah. Yeah, me too. Especially with ganache, I had it where kind of the opposite problem is it became hard too fast. And like, I couldn't, I wasn't have enough time to oh, make that, that happens ganache. too, yeah. Oh, so annoying. Yeah. All right. It stresses me out just to think about. <laughs> <laughs> well, Neil Cargo wants to know, how do you make Swiss meringue buttercream that doesn't get sloppy in two hours? So sloppy buttercream. 
more butter, better temperatures. Yeah, and just more temperature control, I think, because yeah. sloppiness. And I'm just imagining he's talking about it melting or something like that. Yeah, just try to regulate your temperatures. And if it's getting too sloppy or soupy or whatever the issue is, try to chill it and then bring it back. Yeah. I'm imagining too, if he's thinking about once it's on the cake, like you made this frosting, it looked good. And then it starts to wilt a bit. I think when I've maybe not had my meringue as stable as I should have, Mm. um, before adding the butter, uh, I've thought I had it looking good and then it doesn't hold very well unless it's completely cold. Like it it almost starts to fall apart before it's even room temperature. When I take it out, like it's fine as long as I keep it chilled, but then, and I think that's might be a meringue issue. Also too, we talked about it earlier. I think really knowing until you're advanced, like Tessa, knowing the temperature of your Swiss meringue as you're heating it, um, you want to know that you've those sugar, the sugar has dissolved or become heated to a certain degree that it's going to create a stabilized meringue. If you're just heating it until it's you've like, oh, the sugar's melted, you're maybe not hot enough, or use Tessa's tip of you know touching it, it's got to feel really hot. <laughs> I, one of the bakers I worked at, one of the girls told me, oh, it, it should just make your finger sting a little bit. And it's like, oh, <laughs> that's something that I want to test out. And it, it, <laughs> I haven't burnt myself yet. And I don't want to necessarily advise other people to do the same because I don't want anyone burning themselves and calling me up later. Like, why did you tell me to touch this? It's really hot. But she says, yeah, if you put your finger in it, it kind of stings. Then that's usually hot <laughs> enough. I'm like, oh. Okay. <laughs> but she was right. She was yeah. right. But I don't know if I want to go advising other people to do the same thing just in case. I take mine up to 175. I know it's on the high side, but I mean, um, and I, who t- taught me, I think Brave Tart, Stella, Stella does that up to that high. And I, she says it's, it helps with the stabilization. So if you're having that issue, I would try higher temperatures. You just really make sure you're stirring it the whole time. So none, none of the egg, egg, egg whites get cooked or anything like that that's a bold temperature yeah, yeah. that's yeah it takes a t- it takes time it takes you have to stir for a while but i've had great great success with that higher temperature and this is that. interesting because i i read a lot of recipes they're like you have to stir the whisk the whole time or the egg whites are going to cook and truth is i don't i don't and i've never really had an issue so it might be a ratio okay. thing of sugar to egg whites and maybe i have a lot more sugar in my recipe than other people do, but I don't have to stir it the whole time. But definitely if you're seeing your egg whites cooking, um, because for people that don't know what we're talking about, we're putting egg whites and sugar in a bowl on top of a double boiler. So you're heating it from underneath with water. So you want to make sure you're not cooking those egg whites. So <laughs> that's going to be a huge problem um, in taste and texture and everything else. So if you find that it's cooking, um, your eggs are cooking, either turn down the heat of your water, maybe it's boiling too rapidly, or you're going to have to be whisking the whole time. So the next two questions, I think we kind of covered, but I just want to shout out to the people who were so thoughtful to ask. So Raymond the Baker and uh, Shada, I think is how you would say it's S-C-H-A-D-D-H-A. Both were asking about um, how to manage a Swiss, Swiss, Swiss blah, 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 tongue-tied SMBC. We're going to use the code. That's why um, for people in hot, hot cities or warmer climates, which we've kind of talked about chilling and you know managing your butter temperature and putting it back in and chill if you need to. So 
Um, I think we covered that. And then for the last two questions, I feel like they're very similar as well. You guys, this is a buttercream marathon. We made it to the end. So here's the last question. It's kind of two questions um, about taste. So Karina.Pulati says, how do you keep buttercream from tasting too buttery? So many recipes just taste greasy. And then Katato said, every time I make buttercream, it tastes like straight up butter. Do I just keep adding powdered sugar? So it's about it being greasy, too buttery. Uh butter taste has never been a problem for me. Um, <laughs> as a quick thought, like I am pretty thrilled when it tastes really buttery. Um, so that's just one thought for me. Um, what do you guys think? Do you try to balance the butter flavor a little bit or out, or do you try to enhance it? What are your thoughts? Um, as you were reading the question, I had a couple of things that came to mind. Um, maybe choose a butter that you like the taste of, you know, all butters, different brands and different, you know, they all have different tastes. And if you don't like the butter on its own, you're probably not going to like the butter in your buttercream. So maybe go with a butter that you like the taste of a little bit more. Um, also just maybe check the ratios in your recipe. If, if you've tried a one way and you think it's too much buttery, maybe try a different recipe. Maybe they, um, just call for less or have a different ratio of, of ingredients. And then my favorite tip would be to use a really, really good vanilla extract or vanilla bean paste. And that'll, because I mean, a buttercream, there's not a lot of different ingredients to add flavor, but if you're using a really good vanilla product, then hopefully that'll outshine the butter. Amen. <laughs> and then also, I mean, it's the buttercream episode. So all the love to buttercream but I would say also the go-to for frosting is buttercream, but that's not the only way to fill and frost a cake. So if you're just not feeling the butter, we've talked a little bit about ganache. We talked a little bit about whipped cream. There's so many ways to fill and frost a cake. Straight up meringue. Without, straight up meringue, yeah, absolutely. Oh, and then you can torch it too. Yeah. If you do that. That's really hard. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so it's kind of funny to end our, you know, buttercream episode saying, try something else. But, <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you just... Oh, really I, I actually did have a thought. Um, sorry, I had a couple, couple more thoughts, just in case if anyone wants to try them. All the people asking about temperature and heat and working in a really, really hot kitchen, since this kind of goes the opposite of what Jeremiah said when he took his blowtorch to his mixer bowl to kind of bring things like cold buttercream to make it softer. I've never tried this myself, but I, I feel like I've seen or heard this before, but maybe even trying to chill down your mixer bowl, like as you're making meringue or the meringue process, or when, once you've already added the butter, you can get like a bag of frozen peas or something. I don't know. And wrap it around your bowl. This might help. It might not, but it might no, be something it does. that you want to try. There you go bag of ice or something. I've done it. Been there. Too much torch. Got to get the bag of ice. <laughs> yeah. So maybe try that. Keep a, keep a few extra bags of frozen peas in your freezer and then wrap it around your bowl and see if that helps. <laughs> <laughs> Too much torch. Get the peas. <laughs> oh, and, one, and one last thing, if you don't mind, because um, I know these are questions that I get all the time of like how to ice your cake with the frosting. 
it's all going to come back down to temperature and texture again. So you just want to make sure your buttercream is nice and soft and silky before you start um, icing a cake. I find that if you have people have trouble with American buttercream that's too thick and you go to ice a cake and it kind of tears the cake a little bit. Um, so make sure you really, really whip that American buttercream so it's nice and soft so you're not tearing your cake. And then as far as like a Swiss or an Italian meringue, this is, it sounds kind of off-putting, but the texture should be like mayonnaise when you go to ice a cake. So it should be like thick and creamy and gooey. Um, and then for those like really, really smooth sides and perfectly ice cakes, like go for like a mayonnaise texture. That's a great description. I love it because everybody knows what that means, you know? Yeah. I mean, it sounds kind of gross to be thinking of mayonnaise while you're working with cake, but at least it's a nice visual for you. (laughs) And those are the best. That's the best way to bake is with your senses and those sorts of, yeah, visual clues. Well, Tessa, thank you so much. And as you talk, I'm sitting here going, we got so many questions about the making and like managing of buttercream. I'd love to have you back sometime to give us all your tips on decorating too, because I feel like there's a whole wealth of buttercream knowledge that we didn't even get to today. Yeah. Like kind of like the next step, like part two, like what do we do? Like, how do you pipe? And that would be so much fun. And I can talk to you all about how to ice a cake next. Let's <laughs> but, do it. Hey, all right. hey, you can find all that stuff in the, in the new book too. I'm going to give a little shout out to myself <laughs> all about icing a cake and, and the icing on the cake book. It's coming out next year. I hope you guys love it. Can't wait to get our hands on a copy, but thank you so much for being with us. This has been. Oh, you're welcome. That was like such a shameless plug right there too. Now I feel like that was like not the best thing to leave off on, but (laughs) no, it's perfect. Oh, we were happy. No, we want you to. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. All I want to do is champion you. Like I said, because truly it's anything I've ever gotten from, you know, information from you, whether it's looking at your pictures on Instagram or looking at your website and book, it's, uh, always been extremely easy to follow and successful. So I'm sure your next book will be exactly the same. So there's a shameless plug from me to you. (laughs) Thank you so much. I really, really appreciate it. Absolutely. So thank you for coming on and uh, definitely want to have you back soon. All right. That sounds great. Thank you. Thank you. Well, that was awesome. I hope you guys loved this buttercream chat as much as we did. Wasn't it delicious, Jeremiah? Yes. I mean, come on. It's all the secrets, all the tips you've ever wanted to know. And is there more? Of course there is. We can't get enough of buttercream. So I can't wait to have Tessa back sometime soon to talk all things buttercream decorating. Because what we realized is that we had so much chat about the making of it. Now we have to talk about what do you do with it? So I hope you loved it because there will be more buttercream chat coming at you soon. Be sure to subscribe to Flower Hour on iTunes or SoundCloud. And if you're enjoying your time with us, leave us a review. We'd appreciate it.